Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to C-Click Fix Radio. This is Paul Bass, welcoming you to another of our weekly looks at what's happening at the grassroots under the mass media radar in communities across the country through the lens of the C-Click Fix problem-solving website. Today, we have the pleasure of learning about the skinny on Roseville, oh no, not Roseville, Michigan, but rather Winsford, Connecticut, from town, assistant town manager Jonathan Louise. C-Click Fix's Caroline Smith and Nadine Herring are here in the studio with the latest Citizen Powered News. And Margaret Lee, as always, is pushing out the social media. And a bill paying aside is that Yale New Haven Hospital provided financial support to today's program. Welcome, everybody, to the studio. How's everyone been for last week? Yeah, how about you, Nadine? All is well. All is well, good. Okay. And so we're going to start out with, is Jonathan Ruiz with us? Jonathan, you on the phone there? I am. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Looking forward to chatting with you. Finding out what's going on in Windsor, Connecticut. So, Carolina, you going first with some news from C-Click Fix posters about what's happening in Windsor. I am. Mm -hmm. Um, We're starting off with a... Uh, a kind of tricky long-term issue. I just want to make sure, is my mic on? Your mic is on. Excellent. Um, a tricky kind of long-term issue. It's, um, it's a traffic signal issue, and it's been acknowledged, and it was reported at Bloomfield Avenue in Windsor, Connecticut. And the reporter is Greg C. Um, it's been viewed 853 times. That's a lot, right? That's a like lot. Like when I look at C-Click Fix, I'll see if 20 people are viewing mm-hmm. and weighing, a few of them weighing in, that means somebody cares about it, right? Exactly. But yeah. isn't it quite unusual, 853? Yes. Okay. Um, so the description includes, at the corner of Bloomfield Avenue and Mountain Road traveling westbound, there needs to be a green arrow on the traffic light for drivers to turn left safely on. Very difficult to turn left during peak hours, especially with oncoming traffic from a blind hill. Accident waiting to happen. Oh, so what do people weigh in? I, I imagine with 800 people watching, some must have had something to say about this. Totally. So it was passed a little bit uh, to Public Works. Um, and then Greg hops back on just to give a little bit more information. Um, as you're traveling westbound on Bluefield Avenue, approaching the intersection of Mountain Road and Bluefield Avenue, when the light turns green, there should be a green arrow uh, for the cars wish to turn left. So he's just he's just uh, explaining a little bit more. And then Jonathan hops on and says the Department of Public Works is sending a request to the Office of State Traffic Administration to review if it warrants such changes to the signalization. Um, Wayne from Public Works says, we are still waiting to hear from the Office of State Traffic Administration regarding the review of the existing signalization. So it looks like that was about a couple months after Jonathan had hopped on. So it's just sort of clearly an ongoing issue. But Windsor is um, continuing to keep people updated um, Greg, thanks, um, thanks Wayne from Public Works, um, but also asks a, a couple months later any update on this issue. And then House of Seamus, uh, another citizen user House says... House of Seamus? Mm-hmm. I love the names some people come up with. <laughs> House of Seamus. Okay. Um, says a delayed light would be wonderful as well, so just kind of chips in uh, to make crossing the street easier without the threat of impatient motorists ready to run you over as you cross the street. So um, is the idea that there's just not enough time to cross? Exactly. Um, and that's and this was first posted when, Caroline? Uh, this was first posted in 2015. Whoa. Um, and it looks like just most recently, Wayne Hoptock back on and said, I was just in touch with the Department of Transportation. They're in process of designing a new intersection, which would include a left turn arrow for westbound traffic on Bluefield Avenue. They're hopeful that once the design is complete, they could start construction sometime next year. Wayne. Okay, I'm picking up something here. And so Jonathan posted that, right? Uh, Wayne did. Wayne did. So from the Public citi- Works. Oh, from Public mm-hmm. Works. So Jonathan Ruiz, welcome to the show. 
Thanks for having me. You're the assistant town manager, correct, in Windsor? Yes. Now, I, I had a sneaking suspicion when I was listening to this thread. Tell me if I'm right. I heard the words okay. Department of Transportation, and I'm not thinking the Windsor Department of Transportation. I'm thinking of that Bamoth known as the State Connecticut Department of Transportation. Am I correct? Yes, you are correct. And Bloomfield Avenue is a main thoroughfare, and I've been on Bloomfield Avenue, but if I hadn't, I would guess it anyway, because in Connecticut, and I wonder if this is true elsewhere, Jonathan, roads tend to be named, major arteries tend to be named after towns that you're not driving in. And is that because you're <laughs> yeah. headed toward Bloomfield from Windsor? I mean, it used to make me feel like, well, why am I in this town if they tell me the thing that counts is, you know, Bloomfield Avenue or New Haven Turnpike and the Hartford Turnpike, which is a road in New Haven, or why is that? Is that just because it was directional? Yeah, exactly that. I think it is directional, um, whether it's, uh, you know, immediate direction, um, you're going from one town to the next or even a few towns over. Like there's a million Farmington Avenues and New Britain Avenues up here. And uh, Well, wait, let's get some across. props for Windsor. I mean, is there a Windsor yeah. Avenue in Bloomfield? Um, we have a Windsor Avenue going from Hartford. To oh, okay. Windsor. Okay, I feel better. Okay. So so tell me about this. So you get the C-Click Fix complaint in 2015. And you cannot immediately do anything about it because this is a state road, correct? Yes, that's correct. So how do you deal with that? Well, it, it you know, a number of the issues we get can't be solved, um, so to speak, uh, immediately. Um, whether that's a request similar to this or a request, for example, for someone to repave their road. So what, we, um, what we've done here in Windsor is we've talked to staff and, and come up with a solution through, through our discussions with staff. Um, and we think the most important thing to do is to acknowledge it, obviously, and just keep the um, the citizen that has submitted the issue or the citizens, um, just keep them in, informed of what's going on. Um, and uh, it, it's tough sometimes with issues like this that can take over a year to close. Um, and that's actually the really short, like isn't it, John? I mean, with all the with all the 169 towns in Connecticut asking the DOT to do stuff, it, it isn't a year the short end of getting an intercession fixed. I would say so. Yeah, um, it, especially when it, you're, we're just kind of getting these, this into their queue. I would imagine. Um, so I think it is short. Um, but again, I my guess is it's, it would take several more months to um, for the DOT to you know put their plan into into uh, into actual practice. Do they have the plan for re, for redesigning that intersection? Um, they are just designing it. So according to uh, what I know from Public Works, it's not um, fully designed yet. So in the meantime, have there been accidents there? Um, we're not aware of any um, mm -hmm. that have been accidents that have taken place during this time frame. Um, but still, uh, that, you know, certainly we're, you know, you got to have enough common sense to go out there and check it out as staff and say, hey, you know, just because there hasn't been an accident, yeah, this is a really difficult turn. Mm -hmm. Um it's funny you say that because usually whether it's speeding or people complaining about stop signs or or yield signs, one of the things that municipalities will tend to do is say, well, let me check the accident data because that's kind of the go-to to determine, uh, you know. So nobody's really died yet. We're not going to be able to get at DOT's door, huh? Yeah. So, um, but really you can't do that. You got to use some common sense when dealing with all these issues. I think that's what we did here. Mm -hmm. And uh, so hopefully you'll get some results soon from the DOT there. 
Bloomfield okay. now it's okay, a major it's a high volume, high speed, and you have a lot of retail on Bloomfield Avenue, correct correct, in Windsor? Yes, it's it's very close to the uh I ninety one intersection. And so people are constantly taking this road uh, off of I ninety one and driving to and from work, um, especially in the morning, very and, and afternoons very busy. And and Windsor is really four towns, isn't it? Oh uh, no, actually um we are one town and we um have border towns. I, I meant Windsor. I meant psychically. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, South Windsor's not part of Windsor? It is not. It is not. They're they're um distinct municipalities. South Windsor, East Windsor, um are are separate from Windsor. And why wasn't there a fourth? Isn't Bloomfield a part of something else? Um I I think um probably back in the day we were all a part of Windsor. Right. When did that um, change? Now you're showing my oh, age here. Um, that changed a long time ago. Okay. I don't okay. have the exact I always thought age, of you guys as, as four in one. No. Um, years ago, I think Windsor's land extended all the way out to, like, Tolland. Wow. But, um, in Bolton, Connecticut, to our east. But, um, we were the first, uh, English settlement here in oh. Connecticut. So um, I'm sure that the borders have changed over the years quite dramatically. So Assistant Town Manager, Jonathan, does your job include looking at how citizens are interacting with government? For instance, are you looking at C-Click Fix every day, a few times a day? Yeah, I, I make a point to check C-Click Fix every few days. Um, and it's we're gotten to the point we've been with C-Click Fix since January 14. It's gotten to the point where all of our departments um, are well-trained, they're familiar with how to use it, and their staff as well. So I just, um, at this point, kind of just check in periodically to um, pull up some statistics and look at some issues which are of um, significant importance to me. And have you seen one that has this many people piling on, this many views, over 800 people being concerned about this intersection? No, I haven't. This, yeah. this is uh, high, highly viewed uh, by far in, in Windsor. And I wonder if that's data you can bring to the State Department of Transportation. They're numbers people. They don't care yeah. about, you know, we've had bad, very bad experiences with the DOT in New Haven on trying to get stuff fixed and caring about pedestrians and cyclists and not just cars going as fast as they can. I mean, do you find that you can say them over 800 views on C-Click Fix? This thing's been posted for over a year. Might that help push the ball down the road? I think so. Um, you know, I can't tell exactly how many users or, you know, if it's, if it's multiple views, I assume it is by yeah. some users, but still 845 times, even if that's, um, spread out over a dozen or two. Like dozen even if house of Seamus went 40 times, you still got quite a few there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, do you know house of yeah. Seamus? Is this a real guy? I don't, I'm, I'm curious to, uh, maybe I'll be able to meet house of Seamus one day, but. Sounds um, like a band no. name, doesn't it? House of Seamus sounds like maybe a, a, a kind of punk band or something. Or yeah. maybe like Irish punk, maybe Black 47 thing or something. Hey, if anyone's listening out there who's in one of those bands, they got some great ideas for names. All right. Well, I got well, Nadine Herring. You got any other news for us from Windsor, Connecticut, from C-Click Fix users? I do. This is, again, it's funny that we're, we're a big state and we're in different sections of the state, but a lot of the issues are very much the same. This is something that I'm sure... New Haven is going to experience as the summer heats up um, in the various parks. But this issue comes to us from a guest poster. This was reported on 528. It's been archived since. And it's reported under other. This was on Lenox Avenue in Windsor. It says a car driving down Blacktop Path around Washington Park Pond. 
very carefully negotiated planters so as not to scratch their car. So on that same uh, day, it was acknowledged by a verified official from the town of Windsor and assigned to the town manager's office. Then a neighbor posted later that day, um, crowd today oversized for the park. All garbage cans are overflowing and it is only Saturday. Rules not followed or explained. Car returned to pavilion over grass and by playground to remove all the tables and chairs the crowd brought in. So it was acknowledged by Jonathan um, on 531. And then Jonathan responded um, and closed the issue on 531 where he said, Dear neighbor, in the extent you see activities like this again, please report the activities immediately to the Windsor Police Department by calling the number. And Public Works regularly tends to the garbage cans, but we will notify them of the overflow situation. And then the neighbor reopened it um, and said the police were called, but the car had already left the park. Issue is also with the registration process with the rec department which should explain the maximum attendees allowable and parking restrictions. And then Jonathan went on to explain the process to the neighbor so that they were aware. Um, And then the issue was closed on 531. So again, there's a parallel with like Edgewood Park where it's a main park. It gets a lot of people, especially in the summer. And when those people come, they tend to park on the, the middle section, which is the greenway in the middle section. So Again, these issues are very similar to what we experience here in New Haven. So I guess when you're talking about big parties in parks, mm-hmm. now we want to have those, right? I mean, that's why we have parks. So it was kind of nice to see a lot of people out there cooking and grilling Edgewood Parks. They had some of the pits out there for years. Uh, but then people don't always follow the rules about parking and trash, especially. Yes. Well, what do you think about that, Jonathan? I mean, you're right outside Hartford, right? So you're near, near a high uh, population area. And people love yeah. to just z- zoom out of a city. Like we like to do that in New Haven to places where there are ponds or lakes. What, has, has this been a biggest problem for you? Does this happen just once in a while that people aren't following the rules when they come in your parks? Yeah, you know, you're right. We do want people to enjoy our parks. Um, that's why we have them. Um, but we also have multiple parks in town. And so we want to, um, when people come in and they want to have an event, we want to just you know, kind of direct them to a park which may be best suited to handle the volume. So we have a north Northwest Park, which is a huge park in the northern part of town, and so if people want to have 100, 200 people, they, um, that park is best to accommodate them. Well, that's a lot of people. Um, they have to pay to get in? or um, They would pay to um, a modest fee to rent a pavilion. So they should ask um, you in advance. They shouldn't just show up on Saturday. Yeah, I, I mean, you can. You can just show up. It's just you take a risk of if someone else is, um, has already rented the pavilion or if someone else uh-huh. is using a picnic table, you and your crowd aren't going to be able to, to use it until they're done. Gotcha. Um but um, yeah, it's this is an interesting issue. Um, we have had some complaints about this particular park. It's a smaller one, and uh, complaints about folks just showing up in really big numbers, and so other people can't even access the park to um, to enjoy it. And so this one's interesting to me. Um, I, I must say, I first of all, I get all of the other issues that are sent in. So um, that is, I, I should mention that. So like, if it's defined, if it's a dog issue or. Um, a blight issue that's kind of get sent automatically through the C-Click fix system to various departments, but I handle the others. And so this being an other is one that I handled. And here, what's pretty interesting is, um, you know, through our research, someone actually sent the issue to C-Click fix, and then an hour later they called the police. <laughs> so it's, it's I, I love the fact that they like C-Click fix enough to send the issue there first, but, you know, it does give us an opportunity to remind the person, hey, if this, you know, if someone's driving their car on a grassy part of the park where it shouldn't be, 
you know, call the police first, and then you can tell us on C-Click Fix later. So, Are there ever class issues at the park, clash, clashes, in terms of people coming from Hartford and suburban people feeling we don't want Hartford people coming in? No. No. Windsor's a pretty uh, diverse town, very diverse town. Um, and I don't think we've experienced those clashes um, okay. at, at all. And what now, how many people live in Windsor, Jonathan? About 30,000. How long you been living there? I live in Hartford, uh, uh-huh. just over the border, and I've been working here for about a year and a half. Did you grow up in the area? Yes, I did. I grew up um, in, in the, uh, the suburbs around Hartford. And so what do you like about living up there? Because i got to admit, I'm in New Haven. I, I, they look kind of boring to me up there, but, like, what, what's it really, <laughs> but I don't live there, and that's what people often think who are outsiders. I'm so partial to New Haven. I mean, you, you made a decision to stay there. You grew up in that area, and you stayed. What made you want to move to Hartford and work in Windsor? Well, um, you know, I'm very appreciative. My, my um, parents and grandparents grew up in Hartford, and um, so I do have a connection just to the city. I'm very appreciative <clears throat> of the opportunities that my family was given there and um, of the community that still exists, particularly family and extended family. So um, that's my main draw, but also it's, you know, it's, it's a physically beautiful place. I do believe there are a lot of great opportunities in the area for, um, for all peoples, for education, for work. Um, just to enjoy life, and so I, I just I do think it's a great place to live. We certainly um, appreciate New Haven down there. I've I've I, um, been down in New Haven many times for to enjoy New Haven, and uh, went down about a year ago to uh, enjoy the Yale Museum. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a great museum. Well, yeah, Jonathan, it's interesting street. to me that your folks left for the suburbs when you were growing up. But you moved yeah. back in, which uh, it does feel like, you ever feel like a demographic? I often feel like I read articles about people my age have done, you know, every five years, and I'm doing that too, and I feel so unoriginal. Do you feel like you're part of this group that moved back to the city where your grandparents were? Yeah, my grandmother grew up two streets down from where I live. Wow, so what street really is that? Interesting. And um, it's a challenge. I just, um, my wife moved up from Fairfield County as well. So we kind of just made a decision. Um, let's just, Give it a shot. See how it is. Um, we both grew up in the burbs, and um, let's let's just give it a shot. So but what drew you back? Big... You said family, but what made you want to be living day in and day night in the city the way a generation before that did, but you didn't grow up? I think up. it's smart living. First of all, I think it's smart living. Personally, um, I think I think life. Um, I think. Life, you kind of get afforded some opportunities in life by living in denser areas. Um, I think mm-hmm. you have access to public um, transportation. I actually have, on numerous occasions, taken walked up to um, walked up to the main street in Hartford and jumped on a bus, and without trans- transferring, I could come right up to the town hall in Windsor. And I love oh, that's that. sweet. Yeah, so you're a reverse um, commuter. You're you're city yeah. to suburb. Yep. Yep. And and it's great. Um, I have ac- the highway access is unbelievable. I should say. Um, you don't really appreciate that until you move into a city. Um, you know, I'm right down the street from the state capitol and from I-84, from I-91. So that's that's fantastic. And also, there's a lot to do. Um, we do, you know, we don't have the me- types of museums that we have t- down in New Haven, but we do have some good museums, some great restaurants, things of that nature. So um, there's a lot of cultural um, benefits um, that are within walking distance. Well, you're listening to C-Click Fix Radio on WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio, broadcast at 103.5 FM and live streamed at newhavenindependent.org. 
We're talking C-Click Fix Radio News today with Caroline Smith and Nadine Herring, along with Margaret Lee playing um, the rhythm section on social media. And our guest is Jonathan Louise, the assistant town manager of Windsor, Connecticut. I got him off on a trail about living in Hartford. But let's go back to news in Windsor. What else you got, Caroline Smith? We have a, a mowing and trimming issue that was Uh-oh. reported at 599 Matayanuk Avenue in Windsor. The reporter is Mark Bartlett. Civic Points 370, viewed 28 times. Uh, description, area cleared last year and then ignored. Area not maintained. Unsightly weeds, rocks, and litter. Not a good image for town or neighborhood. Now, is this public land or private? Let's see. I'm not sure. This is publicly maintained land. Okay, or, or not maintained. And then what was some of the responses you got, Caroline? So just uh, just a couple days later, well, just the day of, they acknowledged it and assigned the issue to engineering. And then Public Works said, thank you for bringing this to our attention. We'll add this area to our ongoing list to get it cleaned up. Mark hops on, says, thank you for your prompt response. We at King's Landing are proud of our neighborhood and want it to look good. Um, and then just a couple days later, Charlene from Public Works hops on and says the area has been mowed. Mark, uh, thanks uh, for fixing this issue. And then another citizen, Pixar Wolf, um, also hops on and says, Pixar thanks. Wolf. Pixar Wolf. P-I-X-A-R. Another band name. And yeah. what's, what's, the, um, what's the avatar? Uh, I I was just looking at it right now. <laughs> Sorry, so I enjoy the names. Oh my gosh! I'm, it looks a little bit like Star Trek. I'm gonna look up what Pixar Wolf is, but in the meantime, <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, so what do you t- tell us about this, Jonathan? So this is a public area. Yeah, and um, this is something we you know we take great pride in having the areas near um, sidewalks that are that are owned by the town or the town's responsible for maintaining to keep those. Um, nicely mowed, um, but we do fall behind a bit sometimes, um, whether it be weather-related. You know, you can only go out and mow when it's nice weather. We're just behind due to some some other issue being greater priority. So this is one we're able to quickly respond to, and um, I I think this is an interesting issue for another reason. It's pretty look if you look at it, it's just pretty um, you know open and and closed um, very very quickly after the issue was submitted, but. I will say we've, been, we've gotten a lot of these types of issues over the past um, year and a half. And so by using C-Click Fix, it's kind of just come to our attention that we maybe need to add a little bit more staff to, to be able to deal with these issues sooner. So um, we actually included in a budget, which got passed yesterday by uh, our, our, our citizens, um, to have some extra seasonal staff. Um, added to our public works department to take care of some of these mowing issues. So, so the C-click fix like issue, issue prompted you to change how you budgeted. How can, nowadays we're yeah. you I mean you're right outside of Hartford where they just had to lay off tons of people. Um, what a, and eliminate positions? I guess they eliminated 100, laid off 40 or something. The state has been cutting back its aid to towns and cities. Everyone seems to have a budget crisis these days. Well, how are you able to add people? Um, well, it's a you know, we, we also face our issues because primarily because of the state and we've gotten less revenue from them um, than we've we've expected, especially this budget year. But, um, you know, it, it's a matter of explaining to the citizens um, that, you know, we, we during our budget process will prevent, uh, present statistics that um, um, shows how many miles of roads we pave and how many cash basins we maintain. So it's helpful to provide statistics that, talk about how many um, cul-de-sacs they maintain as well. And um, and so we've kind of just focused our statistics a little bit more in terms of areas where we need help. And so I think that um, 
helps the public and our, our, our boards and our commissions understand the needs better when you can demonstrate needs. And you could do that through, through um, saying, you know, we've had this many C-click fix issues mm-hmm. with respect to mowing and trimming. Excellent. So, um, Jonathan, would you mind um, staying on the line while we talk about some New Haven issues and see if they ring any bells up in Windsor? I'd love to hang around. All right. Nadine Herring, tell us what's going on in New Haven in the view of New Haven C-click fix users. So this next issue, I'm very pleasantly surprised. Um, this was actually reported by um, an LCI Westville staffer. LCI means the city's livable city initiative, which is the anti-blight agency in neighborhoods. Correct. This was reported on uh, June 1st, and it was an illegal dumping issue. It's since been closed. But um, 220 Lakeview Terrace in New Haven, there was a sofa on the curb. That same day was acknowledged by the Department of Public Works, um, who said they will investigate and address the matter as soon as possible. And I have to just say, Department of Public Works does a great job with acknowledging and addressing issues, um, especially as it pertains to illegal dumping. Um, On the second, a registered user came on and said the couches have been removed from the curb. The tenant mistakenly expected them to be picked up by bulk trash pickup. Sincere apologies to all affected. So how did they get it back? Like, did the tenant put it back in with a whole bunch of new maggots or what? Nope. The, on the third, the Department of Public Works came on and closed the issue and said that the items have been picked up. So, so they did pick them up. Public Works. And this goes back to an issue actually recently that I ran into with um, bulk trash pickup around the city. Years ago, I'm sure you remember, there was a day designated in each of the neighborhoods where the city would go around right. and pick up bulk trash. And there has been some um, bemoaning about this being eliminated because people who move into the area may not be familiar. So maybe that is the practice where they are, where they could just put the stuff out and the city will pick it up. Now there's a fee and not everybody can afford that. You fee. have to make an appointment. You have to make an appointment. And you have to pay $50 right now. They're, they're thinking away. I think they're waived that fee in the new budget because they want people to make use of the service. I hope so. Cause I just had to pay it recently. So Uh-oh, it's not waived You should have waited a month, <laughs> <laughs> but then we all go and, throw stuff on each other's piles when someone's putting a pile a couple of days in advance, you know, you kind of the neighborhood kind of makes use of that. Correct. And it was also a way for people. What, what is one man's trash is another person's treasure. So right. by the time you put your stuff out that night, by the morning, it was two or three items left because people literally drove through the neighborhoods and picked up some great stuff. Right. Right. I remember that. Well, what about you, Jonathan? How have you been doing with illegal dumping up in Windsor? Um, we, um, we try to send someone out to examine it. And we try to um, kind of differentiate between this is something, whether it's something we could quickly pick up, if it's blocking a sidewalk, something of that nature, um, and just, you know, do away with it um, quickly and just get it over with. Or, you know, we may make the determination that it's someone is dumping things on their own property. Um, and in that case, we refer it to our health department and they we have a blight ordinance. And so they kind of go through the machinations of, do you have an ordinance like ours that once they cite you, you can fine them ninety nine dollars a day till they fix it? Um, I don't know if our fine is is that much, but um, you know there is there does come a point when you know after working with them, we actually will we'll actually go on the um, house, hire someone to take care of the issue, and then send them the bill uh, if it gets to that point. Great. Oh, do we have uh, any more New Haven news, Caroline Smith? Yeah, we have one more, and this one's one of my favorite ones that I saw of the week. It's a true example of citizens helping other citizens on Seacliff Fix. Um, so it's an East Shore Park issue, um, severely overgrown slash poorly maintained. A reporter is anonymous. It has been viewed uh, 79 times. Description, 
The grass throughout large portions of East Shore Park is over three feet high. Wow. It probably has not been cut yet this season. High grass is also growing through some park benches. The pathways are also covered with sticks and the cracks are getting overgrown with weeds as well. This is very unsightly and embarrassing as it reflects badly on our neighborhood and city to visitors from outside it and from within it. It is also a health concern as the high grass is an exceptional habitat for ticks. Finally, it's a departure from the past practice. Our parks have historically been very well maintained. I would appreciate the park uh, could be properly maintained as soon as possible. What date was that? And so this was uh, this was June 2nd. Uh-huh. And then Ethan Hutchings. So Ethan Hutchings works for the Department of Transportation, but he hopped on. Of I think, city. Ju- yes, exactly. But I think he hopped on just as a citizen. And he said, hi there. I live across from East Shore Park and I love it. It's a great place to explore, especially with a very curious four-year-old, who, by the way, is very cute. And hope isn't getting Lyme disease in that grass. <laughs> hope not. Yeah. Uh, the high grass is... Um, in this one section, in contrast to the cut grass throughout the rest of the park, is actually oh. quite nice. Oh. Although it's not common practice to leave this area uncut, it actually brings out the natural qualities of a large park that can accommodate a broad range of activities for the public. There are so no, there's plenty, and that's a big park. Mm-hmm. There's plenty yeah. of room to run around and not get Lyme disease, and if you want to go be exactly. out in nature, you can roll in that grass. Yeah. Exactly. And he, you know, he also goes on um, with that for a bit, really beautifully said. Um, he says he walks through the tall grass all the time because my son likes to hang out in there. So we do do a tick check when we get back to the house. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing he says just is, also tall grass increases local biodiversity for the area and is being managed appropriately. The grass has been cut well back from the paths that border and cross through this section. Very interesting. So mm-hmm. I wonder if it's deliberate. What do you think about that, Jonathan? Are you guys thinking about the benefits of just letting it grow wild in, in Windsor? It's interesting. Um, I think um, every area is different. So I guess you have to be familiar with the area and familiar with what's around it. But do you ever have that approach in Windsor? Do you say, we're going to leave part of this park? I'm, like, I'm wondering, Caroline, if this is deliberate. They, they want to leave part of the park uncut, and, or, or if that was just like an accidental. They had a big job one day and they just left a sliver. He seems to indicate that it's deliberate. Ethan, yeah. <laughs> So what do you think, Jonathan? Anything like that? Does it get to that fine point when you guys are talking about how to cut the grass in parks? You know, sometimes it gets... We have no, uh, Northwest Park, as I mentioned um, earlier, and we keep animals there. Oh. So uh, we have to get a lot of inquiries and a lot of comments about the care of animals. And, you know, and so it really does get into the minutia sometimes of what's appropriate, um, you know, in terms of you know, whether manure should be stored in this area or that area. And so, yeah, we, 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 sometimes we get into the minutia with, um, with some of the people that visit those parks and we do have to bring in someone, um, whether it's like a veterinarian or someone who is a naturalist up there and just kind of let them speak to the issue more so than I could. And what kind of animals do you have in Northwest park? Oh, we have a donkey. We have really uh, a donkey living in Windsor. Yeah. yeah. No wonder all these people want to have their their hundred people for a weekend party <laughs> in that park. It sounds like this fun place. Uh, we have rabbits. We have uh, a couple other animals, smaller animals, in an animal barn. So. And you got the cow. Wow. Who knew about the cow in Windsor? Well, anyway, we learned that today on Dateline New Haven C Click Fix Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks to Caroline Smith, Nadine Heron, and Assistant Town Manager of Windsor. Jonathan Louise, as well as always on the social media, Margaret Lee. Thanks to Yale New Haven Hospital for providing financial support for today's program. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing Eliyahu Hanavi. 
from the group's 2002 CD, This is the Afro-Semitic Experience. This is Paul Bass, hoping your light turns green all day long. Ride, ride with us here at WNHA's New Haven's home for community radio. <laughs> <laughs> 